My name is John Gaden and I head up the robotics team at Standard Bank. I'd met um, a chap from the Jersey office in South Africa a year or two before and uh, somebody in the Isle of Man team was resigning and they desperately needed someone to come and people to come and help them map out what this guy had been doing while he was there. And uh, the chap from Jersey phoned me up and said, um, have you got someone who can do this and this and this? And I said, well, I've got separate people, a big team of 40, but uh, not one person. And then he said, well, why don't you come across? So I went to my boss and said, opportunity. And he said, absolutely, take it, go across. It was going to be a month um, that I would come across and spend some time here and some in Jersey. And um, I was on the Isle of Man for two weeks uh, between November and December. So the weather was amazing. Um, not. And, uh, <laughs> it would be amazing one way or another, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> and I stayed in the, in the Palace Hotel and I walked to Circular Road every morning to work in the dark and walked back home again in the evening in the dark. I hadn't been home for more than a week or two and the, the, the chap in Jersey gave me a ring and said, uh, would you like a three-year contract just to come and see a secondment? come and work for three years and I said absolutely so um, took the bull by the horns spoke to my missus and my boss and she said um, absolutely let's do it our kids at that stage were were 19 and 20 22 so we left them and the two dogs and the two cars in the house with the credit card in South Africa and we came across to the Isle of Man that's a brave thing to do yes <laughs> and after being here for a Probably about a year, we decided we loved it and we wanted to stay. And then we um, went about getting the the temporary thing converted into a permanent thing and uh, um, getting rid of houses and cars and that kind of thing in South Africa so we could move ourselves across. And um, currently, uh, our son is across with his uh, his better half. And, um, and our daughter's still in South Africa as a teacher. She and her fiancé are living there for now. So do you manage to get back on a regular basis? Or very? I mean, obviously we've had COVID of late, which won't have helped, but uh, do you try to get back at all? Uh, absolutely. Um, there's obviously South, Af- South African Standard Bank being so big um, and being involved in, a, in quite a, um, a new field, robotics. And there's always an opportunity to travel back to South Africa on business. And if that's the case, I'll always you know, get a couple of days to, to spend with the, with the family there. Other than that, um, yes, we'll take a week or two a year um, holiday time, normally around Christmas because it's 31 degrees in the shade and the pool is nice and, and cool. And uh, we'll, we'll pop back and visit uh, parents and, and you know, relatives. Now, you mentioned there, just coming back to the work for a second, you're saying robotics now, people again outside of the field might not necessarily put robotics together with banking. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so what it is, is it's robotic process automation. So really just automating process that um, people are find finding very uh, time consuming, repetitive, boring. So I've always said that when you when you put in systems, um, you, you have a project with a set budget and a set time. And after a while, you, you, you finish the resource and you've not finished everything you need to deliver. And that becomes someone's job. And that's normally copying and pasting data from systems into spreadsheets and manipulating it to give it to your boss for as a presentation or something. And those kind of repetitive things are um, very time consuming and, and, and people, it bo- very boring. So what we plan to do then is automate those processes, which then frees them up to do more interesting things. So we don't like to, to 
um, punt it as we build a robot for you. It's more like we build you a digital assistant. We give you an Iron Man suit so you can do cooler things. And um, with the whole future future skills, digital world coming, um, platform banking, that kind of stuff, we want people to be um, comfortable with having automation around them so that they can potentially even automate their own stuff with the technologies available for them to do that. So we've moved across to the island to take up this role. Now, again, we were hearing a little earlier how for Marguerite, it wasn't a massive change from the point of view of actually perhaps sort of climate and, and sort of coming to a different country. How was it for you? Did you, when you sort of really first got here and settled down on the Isle of Man, was it sort of enjoying the joy of the new or was it something you thought, you know what, it's not actually a million miles different? It was very different. I and mean, we'd come across with very open minds, not wanting to try and replicate our South African lifestyle at all. Um, and it's difficult to do that here. You don't have or unless you've got millions of pounds, you don't have a house with a swimming pool and a massive outdoor entertainment center and an acre of ground. You know, that's that's um, for the few. And so we didn't try to replicate our SA lives at all. We we just thought we'll come along and experience um, Isle of Man life and just, you know, try and fit in and, and enjoy as much as we can. So we did a lot of walking initially. We stayed for a first month in a little flat in Granville Street behind Jack's. And we, we you know, we walked Millennium trail we walked the marine drive we walked um, up the run back end of Onken down to Graudel everywhere we just walked because we didn't have any transport obviously caught some buses as MK said <laughs> being a, a new thing for us as well um, and then um, lived in a little converted chapel on the Castletown Road again just in the middle of nowhere very different kind of lifestyle and um, it wasn't long before we decided we really liked it and we were going to stay um, and how did you find sort of integrating in, into a new society, into, into a new community? Because it's not always easy. Um, I think I was very lucky because um, my very first meeting was, was on probably an hour and a half into day one at work. Um, and that was across the road in the coffee shop with um, a hockey coach to find out which team I was going to be playing for. Um, because they'd asked around and, and um, figured out that I could play a bit of hockey. So... Um, you know, very early on, I, w- I was already going to training within you know, two weeks of getting here and meeting up with new people and, and a very friendly bunch um, that I got on really well with and still do. And um, so I you know, felt very much at home, uh, easy to make friends. Uh, people are super friendly. Um, I, I mean, I have South African friends here, but I don't go out of my way to, you know, to, to look for SAFAs because I can be friendly with anybody. And so my, my best friends aren't actually South African. Um, one's a Welsh, a Welsh lady and an Englishman. Um, so, uh, yeah, f- f- we feel very at home and, and we, we really, like, really like it here, yeah. And you were saying it, you, you got into the hockey sphere very quickly. I mean, it's great for that, I think, the Isle of Man. I don't know about South Africa, but a very active sporting fraternity as well. So it's easy to get into that and make lots of friends, I guess, as well within that sort of community. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, the, the thing that, that amazed me was that people do that do the sport in all weather. <laughs> I mean, I played a hockey game where we had to call it off with 10 minutes to go because the pitch had frozen. And, and the ball, you know, we were in danger of, sli- of, of ice skating and hurting ourselves. Um, whereas, you know, that would never happen in, in, in South Africa. Um, and that kind of ice on the pitch sort of thing, no, snow. I can't imagine it would be yeah. quite as much of a problem. Yeah. Have you taken up any, any other hobbies whilst you've been here? Something new or been encouraged to take up something new in, in your spare time? Mm, 
If you have spare time, I don't know how much spare time you've got, of course. <laughs> there isn't that much spare time, but, um, and, I, and I have a, I mean, my, my other hobbies are woodwork and, and that kind of thing. So I like to potter around the house and make stuff. Um, hockey, obviously, getting out and about, walking, geocaching. Um, oh, geocaching, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's very popular now. And cooking, we hear. Um, yes, cooking. Uh, I'm not, I don't cook that much, but MK mentioned, the uh, Marguerite mentioned um, the, 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 the meaty snack which is called bultong. Um, so I make that um, because I miss that a lot and um, obviously give it to some of my mates now and again to try and then they want more. So um, I, I end up making for my, my, my circle of friends that is quite large um, bultong on a weekly basis. Uh, yeah, that's very impressive. I mean, you, you can see it now in some of the larger stores. You get little packs of biltong. And have, you, have you tried any of the commercially produced stuff? Does that cut the mustard or not? Or? I have, no. and it's just not the same. <laughs> You've got to make it from scratch. So it's a long process. I've never done it. I've, I've seen it done, but I've never done it. Um, you can make it in four, three or four days um, from start to finish, as long as you've got um, a dryish uh dryish climate to, to, to dry it in a warmish, dryish place to do. Okay, so it's going to be dried inside. You're not going to be outside in the other manner, wouldn't have thought. Then. Not outside, <laughs> no. <laughs> and we're talking about Bride Day, the National Day coming up as well. Now, you were saying a very different a difference between a barbecue and a bride. There is, a, a, I was going to say, a subtle difference, but of a major difference there. Yes. So um, a barbecue and a bride are not the same thing at all. When you get invited to a bride, it would be um, how do you want to come around to the braai on, on, on Saturday? Uh, you'd pitch up at about, probably about two, maybe one. So just after you had a snack for lunch and um, the fire would be going and the guys would be standing around the fire with a beer, um, which doubles up as, uh, we, we call it a fire extinguisher for, for the ladies' um, presence benefit. So we have an excuse to have one in our hands at all time. Um, in case the fire flares up, we could put it out. Not oh, that dangerous. anybody would ever pour beer on the fire. Harrison um, thought. No. So you have the beer in hand and then you chat around the fire and you, you know, put something on snackage, snacky to eat. Um, mm. So little, um, uh, little ribs or something that people will then just come by and grab and eat off the braai. And uh, that will go on cooking, will sort of carry on until round about seven or eight at night when you finally have um, steak and if you can still fit in steak and vegetable, you know, um, potato bake or you know, that kind of thing, millies uh, or corn as you'd call it on the, on the, on the braai and, um, and then some kind of pudding and then it'll be um, chat, chat, chat until um, very late as opposed to you come around at five o'clock and you have dinner and then you go home. I'll come around for the braai then. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just, again, mentioning food there. Any food stuff now? You mentioned biltong there. We've mentioned some of the cake. Anything that you sort of, you know, you really miss when you're sort of out and about or maybe it's celebratory times of the year, be it Christmas or New Year or something. Is, is there anything that you really hanker after that you can't really, biltong aside, but you're making yourself, you can't really get your hands on it? There are, but there are also, um, you know, foods that, that I would never have eaten before. If you'd said to me three years ago, we're going to have chips, cheese and gravy, <laughs> I would have gone, what? Chips, I'd still go, what? Chips, yeah. cheese and gravy. But um, it's actually really cool. Um, so <laughs> chips, cheese and gravy. I've never developed a taste for it, must be said, you know. <laughs> it's not something that I'll go out of my way to eat, but, um, you know, I've eaten it because I uh, wanted to try it and it wasn't half bad. So, yeah. Could be worse. 
yeah. seafoods. Um, obviously, I, I don't come from a coastal town like Marguerite's. Um, I'm from inland Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, fresh seafood is, is hard to come by. And it's normally been um, shipped up overnight or uh, whatever from the coast. So, um, yeah, getting Queenie's fresh off at a restaurant is, a, is something special. A real treat. Mm. Do you feel at home here now? Absolutely. Definitely settled in.